In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan. This is your Monday episode. You might be listening to this. You might be watching this on YouTube. Uh, hello to everybody out there. I hope everybody is is willing to give this week a chance. Just like we're willing to give the new Real Housewives of New York ladies a chance. It just premiered tonight. So listen, this week is what we make of it. Uh, I'm telling that to myself more than you guys. <laughs> so, uh, but I missed you. I know, it got, you know, I know I do this so much, but I, I, if I, I took a couple days off last week unexpectedly and it really is so weird when you don't, when you're so used to doing this so regularly and then you stop even for a day, it, it really, you're just like, Oh God, something's wrong. I, I'm missing something, you know? And then it's so hard to get started back up, but we have a great show for you today. We have Sophie Ross back with the pop culture roundup. Um, and you can skip right to that right now. Remember there are timestamps on this podcast. If it's YouTube, there's just a whole separate video. Um, and we, it's so funny when Sophie's on, it ends up just, I, I just, it's, it's like just two, we're just giggle girdies. Well, I'm a giggle girdie. My grandma always, that's where I got that from. My grandma Davis would all, always say giggle girdie. Is that a, is that, do, do other people say that? Or is it, but she's like, oh, you're just a giggle girdie. <laughs> so go out there and be a giggle girdie today. Um, listen, there is so much going on in the world and I don't even know where to start. Um, let me talk a little bit about this last week. And uh, what's coming up for me this week? Um, but I wish. How are you guys? Are you good? I, I I hope you're good. So I went to New York last week. I can't wait to tell you why I went to New York. I mean, I went. I ended up going to the Real Housewives of New York premiere on Wednesday at the Rainbow Room, and that was such a magical yet uh, horrifying experience, uh, just in terms of my sweat glands. And um, I imbibed too much. I did every, I, I I did too much of everything and I paid the price. It's like, I am that, by the way, there was somebody that wrote on an Instagram post of, Hey, it always seems like you do this, that you, you, you get too excited and then you, you drink too much or something and then something bad happens and you get sick. And I was like, that is a fair statement. That is very fair. You've been paying attention. I was thinking about that more and more. And actually I talk about that with Sophie because Kyle Richards made a post celebrating her year sobriety. And I don't even think she set out to do that. And then it just happened and she felt better about herself. And I think it's for me, just if I were to be honest, um, is that I get really, I, I I'm honest with you guys about this all the time. I get really nervous in social situations and I will talk myself up to the last minute. Like I went Wednesday, I was like, should I go? I know I should go. Should I go? I, maybe I'll just bail on this tonight. I'm always like a second away from bailing because in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. I'm going to screw something up or, you know, and then I end up going and I end up having a good time. And you would think after this being alive this long, you would think at this point, I, I've, I understand the deal and my thoughts betray me all the time. And it's just going to end up being fun. But I work, I work my mind up. I work myself up. And then uh, it was extreme. Do you know, New York has like 90% humidity. Is that, should that be legal? Listen, I don't know what, platforms politicians are running on next year, but maybe we, if, if people are willing to bring down the humidity in New York, I think that would be a really strong platform if that's even possible. Um, but I was thinking about how many important moments in my life I've, I've just been nervous in a pool of sweat and I grew up doing theater and I don't remember me sweating like a pig this much doing live theater. So I don't know what it is. Bravo con. I sweated like a pig and that was in November in New York. 
Uh, I remember the first time I met Ariana and Tom at, um, it was Tom's birthday party. And I didn't realize it was going to be on camera. I've told this story many times, but I walk in and my body immediately turned to, to just liquid because all of a sudden I was seeing these people on TV. I was seeing Jax and Brittany and Tom and Tom. And, you know, I was just like, what, you know, all of a sudden these people are real. Oh my God. All these characters that I watch on TV, because there is something in pop culture. There is something right. Whether it be a musician, whether you love Harry Styles, whether you love Selena Gomez, whether you love, um, you know, whoever you love, the fact that then you have to, at some point, you might, you might find out that they're actually flesh and blood people. And I know some of you at home are just like, oh, I already know that. But it's it's really weird to share that space. But I would always, I've just had so many moments where I've just worked something up so bad in my mind, or so much in my mind that my body will just exhibit that nervousness. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, the, the, the New York trip was amazing. I mean, listen, I'm such a geek for that. I saw a couple of Broadway shows. Uh, I saw Sweeney Todd with Josh Groban and, um, what's her name? Annalie Ashford. And she was incredible. Oh my God. And it just brought you back to that time. Cause I grew up like this high school theater kid and I geek out about that stuff. You know, those, if you're lucky enough to have like kind of phases in your life, think of it like Taylor Swift eras, you know, it's like, Oh, I had this time where I did live theater and that was 15 years of my life. And then I did, you know, and, and then you, you see something on Broadway, they're doing it at such a high level and you're just like, wow, there's just such something so romantic and beautiful about it. And it, it makes you long to have 10 lives. So you could spend one just trying to do that again. Just trying to like get, you know, you're like, man, if I, if I knew what I knew now and I could go back and do that. And I also saw this one man show. Um, his name is Alex Edelman, I believe. And it's called just for us. And it is a one man show, but kind of, uh, he's a stand up comic, but he's, I would consider him more of a storyteller. And I thought this was a beautiful show about his Jewish heritage and this one particular story. And it was just hysterical. He had everybody just riveted. Um, I wish I lived in New York cause I, so I could go see it again, but I was just like, how cool is that? Cause I was that kid. I got to go to New York for the first time with my mom, with Becky Bailey, which by the way, I'm. I'm in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles for a couple of days. Tomorrow I have to drive to Arizona. I don't have to. I'm driving to Arizona because I want to, to go be with my family for a couple of weeks as my mom is making her final journey. And, and it's going to be her, it's going to be Becky Bailey's birthday on Tuesday. And we're so lucky to have gotten to this point because I really didn't think we were going to get to this point. And so that is mind blowing. And by the way, 120 degrees in Arizona today. So I'm literally, I'm going from New York. I have I had two days of respite in Los Angeles with a cooler climate and now getting into my Toyota Corolla and driving seven hours to go into 120. It's 90 degrees at 10 PM at night in Arizona. Like what the, I'm trying to get like my walking steps in lately, trying to get healthier and I can't walk in 90 degree heat at 10 PM at night. My God. So basically I'm probably going to have a stroke next week. I just want to prepare you. There's plenty of reruns of the, I mean, there's like over 500 episodes of this show. So you, you know, no matter what happens to me, you're covered. Um, but uh, so I'm going there to, to be with them. But I was thinking about my first trip to New York when I graduated high school. Um, when I graduated high school, my high school graduation gift, I remember opening a gift and it was an Apple and it was a, a, the New York Times. And my mom uh, took me to New York City and we got to see 
uh, Broadway plays and musicals. And this was huge. Like, remember, I grew up in Kansas. I grew up in a small town in Kansas. Um, and then we moved to Arizona. And just the thought of getting to be in a major metropolitan city just to visit. Like, Los Angeles was so far away in my mind. New York was even further away in my mind. And I remember opening that gift and being like, holy balls, I get to be in the Big Apple, the big city? Are you kidding me? And my mom worked at a hotel chain. Uh, and so we got, like, put up at the... It was like the Radisson or something right in Times Square. And we saw Les Mis, the musical. And then I made my mom, she let me pick a play. And I picked Angels in America by Tony Kushner. Now, a lot of you guys might not know what Angels in America is. Beautiful two-part play written by Tony Kushner that uh, really, I think, came to, I think it won the, I think it won the Pulitzer, if I'm not mistaken, in 1993. There was an HBO version of it with Al Pacino and all these amazing actors, but the play version just won all these Tonys. But uh, in Arizona, I was fixated on theater, and I, I just lived and breathed theater. I would I would get, try to get my hand on any play I could read, and I just fell in love with Angels in America. But it's it's um what was it what was the theme? It was called uh, Angels in America: A Gay Fantasia on. American themes, I want to say, but it dealt with the AIDS crisis, which was in full bloom at that time. And I just remember, I just, it was one of those stupid moments where you're like, did I just make my mom sit through a three and a half hour play about the AIDS crisis? There's literally scenes where a man is cruising for another man, like in a park. And I'm like, did I, am I really, did I make my mom watch uh, a butt fucking scene? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham was in it, by the way, at the time. And Stephen Spinella. F. Murray Abraham was amazing in it. Um, but it's it just a beautiful, beautiful play. But I just remember thinking, like, what the, what is, I'm, I'm, I was 17 or 18 at the time. And my mom is, I just always, my parents, I always just wonder, even to this day, even at this age, I'm like, what the hell must they be thinking? Like, you know, it's like, they just like, even my mom, like, what is, what is this kid into? Um, and then we saw Les Mis. That was more her choice. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful trip. And then we did that thing where we did the double-decker bus and went to all the touristy things, which I completely loved. I made my mom go to the David Letterman studio for The Late Show. Um, and I was such a big Letterman stan. That was before the word stan was invented, you guys. Huge Letterman stan. And uh, the I don't know if you guys remember when he first went to CBS for the Late Show, there was like a T-shirt shop right next to the studio, and there was these two, uh, I think two Indian gentlemen named Muji Bar and Sirajul. I believe though that I haven't thought about this memory in so long. Muji Bar and Sirajul, and they became recurring characters on this show. And I took my mom to the theater, and I went and met Muji Bar. Mujibar and Sirajul and had them sign a t-shirt for me. And I was that kind of geek. I still am. I still am. I get so enamored and fascinated and fixated on pop culture. This is why I'm doing this show, but I still get excited. I still get nervous. It's hard for, you know, even at that Roni event on Wednesday, you know, I, you know, you had like Sarah Galley uh, and like Kiki talk of shame. They're so good at mingling. Like Sarah is like the best at it. She'll go right up to people. She knows the right thing to say. She, I don't, I just was like tailing like people and just like quietly in the, I, I get, I know me. Fry actually was like, Ryan, you're here. No, me. Fry is one of the best writers. I know she writes for the New Yorker and she did the show once. I think she's going to do the show again, but she, 
she was like, she was like, Ryan, what are you doing here? And I couldn't believe she remembered me. And then she introduced me to somebody as a very talented podcaster. And I mean, you know, you say those things, but it was so nice. And I just, there are those moments where you're just like, wow, because it's weird. I, it's that narcissist in me, I guess that I constantly need validation, you know, because I think there is that uh, imposter syndrome that I deal with still on a daily, if not hourly basis. I think we all do to a degree where I'm like, I don't belong here, man. I don't know. I don't belong here. And then, but the whole point of this whole monologue was that I had wrote, I wrote down some notes that I wanted to talk about with you guys is that when I get depressed and that can be, you know, fairly often, at least once or twice a week, um, or, or when I feel joy, when I feel everything, there's always pop culture, right? At the end of the day, there is always pop culture. If you're sad, there's pop culture to fall back on, to lean on, to make you feel better. If you feel good, pop culture can be there to make you feel better. It can share in your joy. You can put on a song and it can make you the happiest that you've ever been. It can mean so much to you. You know, old episodes of Roni of Real Housewives in New York, you can put on, um, you know, you can put on a certain episode, Scary Island, and you can watch it again and again and again, and it's called, it, it can comfort you. It can make you feel better. And then I was just thinking how much pop culture means to me is that even at that party, you know, even when I'm nervous, you know, I'm sitting over here and I'm like, there's Tony Danza. Tony Danza was there, you guys. Hey, Samantha, Jonathan, I'm who's the boss. Now Che Diaz's dad on and just like that. He was there randomly. And I just, I, I remember staring at him. He was just always just there. And I was like, man, I have so many memories of watching Tony Danza growing up. You know, so many memories. And those are fond memories. And uh, when I get really depressed, I go really heavy into like TV or I go really heavy into a certain musical artist because it makes me feel something. And it takes me away, not takes me away from who I am, but takes me away sometimes of what I'm feeling or not feeling. And it can actually steer me in the right direction, if that makes sense. And that's what I was kind of saying is that in the end, this is always here for us. This is always here for us. It's always here for us. And I've met some of the best people and had some of the best conversations talking about this. What is this? You might say, like I said, it's everything. It's pop culture. It's reality television. It's movies. It's the second season of the bear. It's Taylor Swift's, uh, you know, Taylor's version of speak now. It's uh, the Dead and Company's final show in San Francisco this weekend. It's these things, these culminations of the kind of artistic expression that goes further beyond us, but then gives us these kind of universal truths. And if you, even if you can't find universal, universal truths in it, we don't need to go that deep. It can just give you a laugh or it can make you cry or it can remind you that you need to call your mom or it can remind you that tomorrow's a new day and the deeper and deeper I get into this, the, the, that, that base love has never gone away. I can still get just as excited about television. I can just get, I mean, in fact, I'm, I'm doing this later than I wanted to um, because I ended up started watching videos of uh, the final dead and company show, which is the spinoff of the grateful dead. They did their final shows. They did their final tour this, uh, this, this past summer or the last couple months <laughs> And do you know the Grateful Dead? They started in 1965, right? And then Jerry Garcia, the frontman of that band, died in 
1997, I want to say. Their last show was at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. There's been many different spinoffs and iterations of that band, and they finally came on Dead & Company, I believe, in the last eight years. And John Mayer, uh, you know, became, you know, a major part of that. And I recently got in the dead in the last couple of years, and I never really truly understood it. And then finally, it clicked for me. And I was just watching uh, some of their set from tonight because everything's like video. You know, you can watch everything. It's on Nugs.net or YouTube. And I was just, it, it was just such beautiful artistic expression. And then that kind of led me down to a rabbit hole online of like looking into Grateful Dead history and trying to explain their music, which is just like a fusion of everything. It's like most musicians couldn't even imagine what the Grateful Dead's music is. It's so hard. You know, there's jazz in there. There's rock. There's rhythm blues. They're, you know, they're, they're one of the first, if not the first jam band, if you want to say. And I used to make fun of jam bands so much when I was in my teens and my twenties. And I think as you get older, if you're not um, blessed with having a love for that at an early age, I think when you get older, you get a little bit looser, right? And you're able to want, you know, 20 minute versions of songs, or you want your imagination to go as somebody's noodling on a guitar. I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was beautiful. And they did a hell of a set tonight. I was reading the set list and watching the shows and I just thought, how amazing is that? Which, by the way, Andy Cohen was at, I believe, the last two nights of shows at Oracle Park. He, you know, huge. He's a huge John Mayer fan, but he's a huge Grateful Dead fan. And I got to tell him that he was one of the reasons that I actually got into the Grateful Dead was because of of Andy. And he actually he loved me saying that, which was just great. It was great. It's really nice to meet somebody that you really love. I really consider Andy Cohen a hero. I know he gets a lot of shit, and I still. I, I try to really listen to the people that tell me why, but he is such a hero of mine. And I was so nervous to go up, up to him and I, uh, Zen blonde Lauren, you know, kind of grabbed him and introduced him to me, even though she doesn't really know him at all. And we got a picture. It's a horrible picture of me, but it's something that I'll treasure. And it was in those nice moments where I actually talked to him about the grateful dead. And he responded to that. Cause I, other people were talking to him about housewife stuff and he doesn't, he wasn't, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, he was, he's get work. But then I talked to him about that. He was like, no way. And it was so nice to have a moment with someone where you're like, Oh, this is kind of a real moment. And, uh, I was like, oh, wow, it's really nice when you have a real moment with somebody that you admire. Um, you know, it was a fleeting moment, but a moment nonetheless. Um, so basically, this is kind of my beginning monologue, just to reiterate uh, that it's all right to love whatever you want to love, that entertainment is one of the things that makes the world go round, because at the end of the day, it is based in love because we love these things. Um, that <laughs> Now I will get off my soapbox and talk about Kylie Jenner, damn it. Uh, listen, if you like this podcast, and why wouldn't you? Leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, I was noticing, I have way more listeners on Apple Podcasts. And I'm like, we got to get more Spotify. I don't, I don't I don't know the exact breakdown, but go rate it five stars on both platforms. Um, at the end of August, there's going to be a couple changes to the show. I'm so excited to fill you guys in on. And as soon as I'm allowed to, I will. And that was part of the reason why the New York trip happened. I've got a lot of meetings this week. I'm really excited. I'm very excited. And it's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, it's like, there are so many elements of my life that are up in the air right now and just family stuff and all that. But this one thing, it, you know, this means so much to me. So I will, uh, you know, you, sometimes the, yeah. Anywho. Anywho, that's it. Okay. Now it's so funny. I just did this big impassioned speech and I'm literally going to talk to you about Kylie Jenner right now because we had 
something historical happened today. Yeah, I said historical uh, because Kylie Jenner and Jordan Woods are reunited. We got pictures of them enjoying dinner Saturday night. Uh, this is Jordan Woods. If you don't know, this is Kylie Jenner's ex-best friend. Four years ago in 2019, if you do not remember back then, uh, just uh, it was pre-COVID. So if you can remember back then, we didn't wear the masks and every we we just we lived our lives. Uh, but Kylie Jenner and Jordan Woods, best friends, they did a one season show called Life of Kylie. And I fell in love with Jordan. I thought she was such a good best friend. And then there was this whole scandal. Do you remember? Because she was at this party, Jordan, with Tristan trash can thompson and there was like a cheating rumor scandal thing that ruined friendships chloe went hard on jordan which chloe went hard on jordan instead of going hard on tristan i mean shit she had two more kids with i mean she had another kid with tristan like i love once again we always it's so much easier to blame women like it's all if you are in doubt blame a woman women blame women men blame women it's all it's it's all the rage you guys i'm telling you if something happens today that doesn't go your way blame a woman so this broke up their friendship i mean do you remember the red table talk where jordan woods you know tried to set the record straight which by the way jada pinkett smith like uh, Jordan, tell me your son. I love how pious uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is at times. But it, it really divided those Calabasas lines with the Will Smith family, who actually were very friendly and are still very friendly with Jordan Woods. And they kind of went up against the Kardashians for like a brief minute. So they had dinner on Saturday night. And this is it sets shockwaves on the Internet. And we will see. I mean, the big question is, were cameras there? Are they filming this for the next season of the Kardashians on Hulu. I mean, this is truly wild. I think this is why you can never count the Kardashians out because they'll throw some kind of curveball that'll kind of pique your interest. Oh, you're telling me Kim and Courtney are fighting over Andrea Bocelli. Tell me more. Or, Oh, you're telling me Jordan Woods and Kylie are mending their relationship. Wow. I really didn't think this would happen. I was really shocked to see this. And Jordan Woods has really thrived, I think, in this. I mean, she looks beautiful. I believe she's uh, engaged or dating or very much in love with a basketball player that I read this one article about him and her and like the things that he had gotten her for her birthday. And I believe it was like just the most wonderful gifts. You know, it just seemed amazing. But they had these uh, these photos uh, I'm trying to figure out what restaurant they were at. It's like on the second floor. It looks like the second floor of a strip mall. Anyways, this is amazing. You know, do you think this is for the cameras? Do you think this is real? Are you here for the mending of a Kyle Kylie Jenner Jordan uh, relationship? I mean, do you even care? I mean, are we just past the point of caring at all about these things? I care. I was excited to see this. I'm excited to see what happens, but I was like, wow, this is, this is fascinating. Now, another, another thing that me and Sophie really kind of briefly talk about, but I found out more information afterwards is that Erica Jane met with a couple of the victims of Tom Girardi today. I think this was like sponsored by an ice cream company. A couple of my friends went to this event. Uh, Kimberly Archie was one of the victims. Um, and, uh, she's been on, she was on the show a couple of years ago and had a good conversation with her, but Erica Jane met up with these things and kind of, she went in alleged, I mean, allegedly Erica Jane, not changing her tune, but went in there with an open heart. 
So that I was like, okay, well, this is great. This is all we kind of wanted from Erica Jane to begin with is like, don't be so defensive. These are actual victims. You know, your husband stole millions and millions of dollars from these people. You know, if you're not having anything to do with this, you do not need to get so defensive. All, all I think people were wanting from Erica, myself included, was empathy and not extreme. Like it just like me, 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 me. And it just was, it just felt like so dark hearted. Um, so they met up. It seemed like a great day. We'll see what happens. But then I was then walking earlier in the day and I thought, oh shit, wait a sec. Is this part of the cameras back up thing? Because cameras are now back up on Beverly Hills. Did they do this as like, are we not just going to get the Kyle Mauricio stuff? Are we going to get like cameras back up and we need to see Erica? Like, I'm praying that this is not for TV and that Erica truly was coming in there with an open heart. I mean, it's always weird when you start seeing it kind of passed around on social media pages because, you know, that means you want the cameras to see it, even like social media cameras. So we'll see. My prediction, my fear, though, if I know pop culture, is that potentially this will be in whatever new scenes will be in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What do you guys think? Am I just completely jaded on this topic? Could be. But that actually happened today as well. And I thought that was something that uh, was really fascinating. And listen, I think if I were to, I'm not putting myself in Erica Jane's shoes, but, you know, you're a couple years out from this, you know, the intense outrage uh, is gone. And and you're now a couple many months away from the last season of Beverly Hills, where I thought she was kind of repugnant on that season as well. I don't consider myself an Erica Jane fan in the least, but I always just thought, why can't you hear the victims out? So I thought this was like a positive step and it doesn't take anything away from her. In fact, she's probably gotten more nice comments today than she has the last two years, right? Um, also, uh, I wanted to, I, I mentioned this briefly with Sophie too, is that Jane Birkin passed away, um, this weekend, uh, at the age of 76 years old. And I was wrong because I, I know Jane Bur a Birkin bag, right? The rich person Birkin bag, a bag that I'll never be able to afford, you know, like a bag that I don't, you know, if anything, a coach purse is the most fancy purse I know. But I was like, oh, the Birkin, she does the Birkin bag. She inspired the Birkin bag. So then I was like kind of reading about her and she was like the it girl for a time. She was a British and French singer and actress. She attained like uh, international fame and notability for her decade long musical and romantic partnership with Serge Gainsbourg, Gainsbourg the, um, the French uh, artist. And she was also an actress in French cinema. And she inspired uh, the Birkin bag, which I thought was, I was like, wow, have I, like, I, I would inspire like maybe an ashtray or something, but I was sitting here thinking like she made Birkin bags and that, that is not, that is not the, the case, which I was like, oh, wow, you learn something new every day. And I just also wanted to say that at the top of the show, cause I just imagined uh, people hearing me and Sophie talking about it and going, what a fucking idiot this guy is. My God. Okay. Uh, moving on, Real Housewives of New York, the new cast premiered tonight. Now we're going to do a full recap on Tuesday's episode, I believe, uh, along with Welcome to Crappy Lake, finally. But what did you guys think? I'll, I'll wait. Tell me what you guys thought. Did you guys like it? I liked See, I liked it. I, I did. One episode, I liked it. Was it groundbreaking? No. Did it have to be? No. 
I, I want to know more about all of these ladies. Now you had a very simple fight about cheese, which I loved. Are you taught uh, cheese? Yeah. I'm down for a, a very petty fight about a cheese board. Yes. There was a fight about cheese. Amazing. You know, we're just getting to know all of these ladies. Jenna Lyons, she seems like a trip. I met her at the party. I didn't realize her thing. She took over like J. Crew and it's just very respected in all these circles. Did you see her apartment? The elevator opened right into our apartment. And it was like the hippest, swankiest kind of artisty apartment I've ever seen. It probably cost a billion dollars in there. But it, it, it's it's great when these shows take you behind a, a curtain of a, a, a str- you know, a kind of a rich stratus. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to, to really gather my thoughts. You know, I'm not rich. Like, I don't know how the it, it, it takes you behind the scenes of these people. Like, I will never live that life, but I love to watch this. I love to see, like, Jenna Lyons had a huge shoe room that looked amazing. Like, this is well, this is New York wealth. And I thought the new characters, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in all of them. Uba, she seems hysterical. Um, who else did you have? You had Bren. Bren seems like she's completely made for reality television. She's bubbly. She's vivacious. She already got some people pissed off uh, in the first episode. You can see some fights. Aaron seems like she's a ball buster, and I love that. Um, so this seems like it seems like good building blocks, you know? And it's really fun to have a new show on. If we can get away from our, uh, myself included, of our natural inclination to just hate immediately. Like I, I read such nasty comments about this because, of course, we love our old Rony girls. Read the nastiest comments about this even before the show aired. And then it's so not gratifying for me because I have no skin in the game. But you're listening, you, you read it on Twitter and threads. Uh, people like, oh my God, I eat my words. It was, it was great. It was so great. And it's like, see, all we had to do is wait. You don't have to shit on things just immediately. Just wait, just watch. I mean, now with Housewives though, really always temper your expectations on these shows because they'll start strong. And usually around episode four or five, it'll kind of hit a little dredgy point of like, Ugh. like Orange County hit it this past week. Like I was really loving the previous two episodes. And this episode was just like, eh, which we'll talk about that on Wednesday, I believe. It's like, eh, so Roni will probably no different, be no different. It will probably have these kind of dredgy episodes where you're like, ah, just kind of getting, getting to the next episode. But I thought this was a great start. I was intrigued. Like I said, I wanted to know more. I would have watched another episode immediately if there was one available. And it's interesting on these shows to see pre, uh, you know, pre-airing and post-airing. Because now it's like you talk to these people, they're used to their normal, already kind of affluent lifestyles. But now after this, when fame hits next year, it's going to be interesting. Problems are going to start arising. When has there ever been a Housewives cast where things start start things don't start getting really wonky? Take the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City cast because one will be the star, will like kiss that person's ass their head will get really big you'll have somebody like immediately have marital issues you'll things happen when cameras are on like when pressure builds when fame hits or even low level reality show fame when that hits things get just bonkers so it's going to be very interesting to see with these ladies and i was like is jenna lyons going to make it another season she just seems like I had a little tiny conversation with her and Tracy Morrissey and Sarah Galley at the uh, the premiere, and she just seems very cool. 
just like kind of cool and gets it. And sometimes you don't want somebody that gets it. You know what I'm saying? You want a Ramona. You want a somebody that's kind of like is not in on the joke, if that makes sense. And Jenna seems to get it. And that's, I was like, when these people, when I'm, when I start making memes about them and stuff, it's not going to be all fun and games like that shit will probably get to them at some point. So that was, I was very, I was, I was very titillated. I'll use that word. I really liked it. I can't wait to watch the second episode. Now tonight, you guys, we had below deck sailing yacht. They started airing two episodes every week. So we got the season finale last week, but then we have the below deck. Uh, Sailing Yacht Reunion, which is like a Watch What Happens Live event, part one and two, airs tonight uh, as well. And I'm telling you, I, for me, this was great. It's very, it's a very relaxing show for me. I love watching it. Like the the stakes are like very kind of low, but it just so, I, for me, it's like comfort food. And the Gary, Colin, Daisy love triangle, this Gary, you guys, he'll fuck anything that's not nailed down. This Gary, you can't trust him. And I'm watching Love Island right now, and you can't trust this guy Mitch on there any like either. But Gary and Mitch, very similar. Gary is so self-obsessed, and he's so about what he doesn't have. And that Daisy and Colin actually have this kind of connection, and it drives Gary crazy. It drives Gary crazy. And I just, those kind of people, yeah, keep them on reality shows. Below Deck, uh, Down Under premieres uh, today as well. Aisha, I DM'd with her earlier. Aisha, she's amazing. I'm so excited to have that back on. Captain Jason is great. Really excited for the second season of that. Um, so, I mean, we've got so much good TV coming up. Now, I wish I could do a whole episode on season two of Hulu's The Bear. It's FX's The Bear, but you can watch it on Hulu. I devoured that second season on the plane rides. And it's just so beautiful. And I was shocked. It got a lot of Emmy nominations this week, but it didn't get one for music and music supervision. The music in that show, it's it's like, damn, you hit me in my gut. I think I talked a little bit about this on my Patreon last Sunday. I did like a two-hour Patreon, maybe. I don't think I talked about it on here, but the use of R.E.M., uh, this this song, Strange Currencies, they use it over and over in the second season, just uh, is... Uh, I just love that song so much. And then in the one of the final episodes, they use um, this could be the na, 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 na. they use this song from the out of time album. Um, it's just a beautiful song. And I was like, damn, justice for REM. REM, one of my favorite bands of all time, Michael Stipe, Mike Mills, uh, Peter Buck, just an amazing band. They broke up like nine years ago now, something. And they not because they were fighting, just because they're like, it's time. And I'm like, damn, like, I always like people that just like, they're just, we're going to keep going until nobody wants to see us, but not them. But their earlier albums, oh, just so beautiful. And sometimes Michael Stipe's voice can annoy people. Or I've heard that from many people that I've tried to like get, like, listen to R.E.M. And they're like, no. But I find his voice just so, just cuts to the core of me. But that that album is just, it, it's a very male-dominated album. Like, they use a lot of Wilco. They use uh, a lot of Brian Eno. Just amazing. But the acting in that, the the storytelling, it's just top level. And I I think I mentioned this to Sophie, and that is like, I want I wanted to hate it. I wanted to hate the second season, and it just sucked me in. And it just, it, I'm so curious how you make things like this. Cause it's just a well-crafted 
story, just story. The acting is just top notch. I highly recommend that. Also, I watched this. I, I mentioned this earlier to, uh, or I mentioned this to Sophie. I watched this today on Hulu. Um, it's called uh, Betrayal, The Perfect Husband. And I, uh, I thought it's three episodes and I thought it was great. I thought it was, it was it just really one of those eerie stories, three episodes. It's a woman uncovers the devious double life of her teacher of the year husband after he is arrested for sexually assaulting one of his teen students. And it was just, uh, I, th- I watched that last night and this morning and I got really into that. And um, the woman who this happened to, uh, I'm going to be interviewing her today. I reached out to her while I was watching it and she responded and she was like, yeah, I want to come on. I mean, she wasn't like, yeah, I want to come on, but I wanted to, I want to talk to her about this story and I want you guys to watch it. And I think that's the coolest thing about doing this and now getting to this kind of place where, you know, people actually will consider coming on or I'll watch something and I'll be like, well, I think I should be able to have them. I would love to promote that show. I would love to get into this story. So I can't wait to talk to her today before I leave for Arizona. And I think you guys, hopefully that turns out to be really good because also she's worked on a lot of reality television as well. I was looking at her resume. So even that I would have her on as a guest, regardless of her really devious creepy as hell husband who actually appeared as the perfect husband. (laughs) It all ties in you guys. Uh, Listen. um, Also, I was trying to explain the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild strike to Sophie. And I want to assure you guys up top, as I do in the Sophie part, that uh, I am allowed to do this show. I'm a proud Screen Actors Guild member. Uh, SAG. I talked to my SAG rep. I am completely allowed to do this show. They do want us talking about TV and film and all of these things. I will continue to bring up the strike and the strike itself will not affect like Bravo reality shows. They're different contracts. So it's going to affect scripted television series. It's going to affect things like talk shows, It's going to affect movie promotion. That's why the Barbie premiere happened last Sunday night and the Oppenheimer premieres happened like throughout the week. And then finally the, uh, the actors walked off at the, the overseas Oppenheimer premiere because that's when the SAG strike took effect. And we are just battling for minimum wages here and control of our own images in terms of artificial intelligence. Um, there are a lot of things at play here, and it's very easy to look at from afar and go, actors have everything, when that is just not the situation. Like actors like Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks, all the Toms. Man, I just thought another two Toms. You got Tom Schwartz, Tom Sandoval, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. Um, th- those people, of course, are just millionaires upon millionaires. They work very hard from it, and they're stars for a reason. But there's another level, an echelon of actor that doesn't make dick that literally needs residuals that needs to not have places like Netflix and Hulu and all of these places, not pay them a living wage because you know, you guys go to a day-to-day job, I presume. And uh, I'm sure that comes with, I I did a day-to-day job myself and realized how horrible that can be, but actors don't have a day-to-day job. We go from project to project. We audition, we pray, we hope to get lucky. We work on our craft. When I was being a full-time actor or trying to be, most of my money went back into acting, whether it be acting classes, headshots, more acting classes, headshots, more acting classes. Well, like all of this stuff that you have to put into being an actor, And it really is this kind of beautiful, sad struggle 
that you don't think about when you're in high school, when you're doing a school musical and you're like, Hey, somebody, you're really good in this. You should do this for a living. Really? You don't think about not being able to make a living wage. And even when I started, you were able to make way more of not, you know, still not a living wage, but it was way better when I started. It is so bleak out there now. These television contracts and movie contracts are so much different than when I started. And they really keep trying to lessen and lessen pay for it. There is no middle-class actor anymore. It's either the highest of the high paid actor or poverty line actor. And we all have to do other things. That's why in Los Angeles, you probably have this low level anger residing everywhere because we're the people giving you your dry cleaning, serving you at restaurants. And we're angry. We're angry. We don't want to, we're not here to do this. We were promised so much more, you know? So we're going to talk about the SAG strike and the Writers Guild strike more this week. I have my buddy, Nick Wegner coming back on, who was with us uh, to explain the Writers Guild, but we're now striking together. Um, I unfortunately am going to be going to see my my mom and my parents. Uh, but when I get back, I will be picking up. Uh, I will be striking with my my brothers and sisters out there. Uh, here with Sophie, we talk a little bit about more like Joan, Jonah Hill. We talk about Mauricio's thirst trap. Mauricio Umansky, he's out there with his thirst trap. We talk about Barbie. We talk about Oppenheimer. Uh, a couple of final things. The Golden Bachelor is getting announced tomorrow. What is The Golden Bachelor, you ask me? The Bachelor franchise on ABC, they are doing their first um, The Golden Bachelor, which is a bachelor in his late 50s, early 60s, and they're going to announce who it is tomorrow. We have an image of him from the back, which kind of looks like the dude from Desperate Housewives, if you remember that. If they get a big star like that, that would be hysterical. But The Golden Bachelor, will you guys, are you guys here for an older uh, set of men and women dating each other. I'm like, I'll watch anything. Are you kidding me? I'm totally down for that. Uh, we talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac fight that happened in the last couple of days. Oh, also, you guys, did you see, are you Sister Wives fans? I'm a huge Sister Wives fan, or I became one over the last couple of years. This Cody, he, him and his little ringlets of hair, they're barely holding on. Well, there is an all-new season premiering in August, and we got our first trailer, our first look. And this Cody is not making any kind of amends. He's losing wives right and left. He's going to only be left with Robin. And Robin has a line in the trailer of like, uh, my dream was to sit on my patio with all my sister wives and get old together. Like that was your dream. I dreamt like my dream was like, I could fly like Superman. Your dream was like to just get old with a bunch of sister wives on your porch. I mean, like to each their own. Right. But this preview, it, it got, I'm telling you this past year's episode, this past season's sister wives, Oh, just gripping television. I cannot wait for this next season of Sister Wives. Uh, what else is on the air? 90 Day Fiance UK premiered. The first three episodes, I believe, premiered today on Max or Discovery Plus. Why, you know, why, why, why are we putting them on even separate streaming services? I know you just all, it's on one big major conglomerate, but why even confuse us even more like that? 90 Day, uh, before the 90 Days is airing still. I watched tonight's episode and... I got to tell you, I say this every year, but it's one of those things where I can't believe like any overseas governments involved or even our government. Like, I don't want any of these people. I don't want them here. I don't want them there. Like, I don't, I would imagine those overseas governments don't want the American people over there because they're a bunch of whack jobs. Everybody's a whack job on this show. There's not one couple that I'm like, I'm rooting for you guys. I mean, maybe the deaf dude and, and, and the, the, the lady seems really nice. But other than that, you have a guy that's getting cat. There's always one guy that you kind of feel for every season that gets catfish. 
catfished and he doesn't want to believe like he, he's getting like factual proof that it's a catfish and he's like nah man i gotta go to barbados and find out for myself i'm like you have a detective telling you you are getting catfished and then there's this one guy just a douchey guy that thinks he's hysterical thinks he's like the light of people's lives he is uh over in england and he's dating he's dating a woman who is trans and they never met before and it's it's uh, this guy's just a doofus he's a dork he's a dork like i wish there was a thing that you could just vote halfway through of like these people shouldn't be together like just should not be together at all you just feel bad I don't know. There's a mixture of rage and feeling bad for everybody involved in these shows. And I, I don't even want to say it's a train wreck because I can definitely look away, but I don't, uh, I don't know. There is something so disturbing. There's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's this one girl, you guys, she's, uh, she's a lesbian and she fell in love with this girl overseas and she's meeting her for the first time. And she's, she'll let you know every chance she gets that she's like off and weird. Like we meet her for the first time and she's picking driftwood because she loves playing with bugs. And I'm like, amazing. And then this last episode and a half, she's literally had the shits. She literally says, I can't get off the pot. And I'm like, relatable queen. I'm like, I've been there, but I would never do this on camera. And she's going to meet this lady for the first time. She's like, I can't get off the toilet. She has a parasite over there. She has to go to the doctors. And then she still wants, I'm like, you don't want to go shower first? Still wants to go meet this lady, you guys. Everybody is cuckoo bananas on this show. It is truly insane. And you're like, Ryan, you're really getting worked up. Maybe I should watch it. I don't know. I don't know. And that, you know, it's so funny. The show is so intense that I don't even bother learning these characters' names because I'm like, I don't have time for this. I can't. It's too, it's too taxing. Like, uh, uh, Gino and the girl that he's been, they've been on a couple seasons now and Gino can't find a hat to like fit his weird shaped head. I'm just like, just stop with the hats. He's always like, it's like, you're not in the forties, dude. It's way too weird. I don't like them. I'm like, why do I watch? This? I don't like anybody. I don't like anybody on these shows. And then you have this other couple. Oh yeah. Sorry. Gino and Jasmine are the couple I was just talking about. Um, I'm trying to find, uh, Oh God, this is, they weren't in tonight's episode, but you have Amanda and Rosvin and Rosvin's a Romanian social media star. And Amanda, her husband died from like brain cancer. And within the same year, she's already like going to fly out to Romania to meet this guy. She has two kids. It's, it's just like, how do the producers, how do they, do you guys feel good about yourselves producers that you're like encouraging this shit? Um, who is the one I wanted to bring up is Omisha. Oh, Misha and Nicola. Nicola is in Israel and Misha is 43 from Minnesota. Misha is a 43-year-old divorced Catholic convert who left her glamorous life as a TV journalist after experiencing a spiritual awakening in her living room. And she tells us all about it in one of the first episodes. Like she saw God in like, you know, her, her townhouse. Um, and seven years ago, while exploring her newfound faith, she connected online with Nic Nic Nicola who is a 46 year old virgin, nothing wrong with that. Shout out my virgin brothers and sisters who has never been in a serious relationship and lives with his mother in Israel. He runs like a God website and it doesn't even look like a really well done website. No offense, Nicola. Um, but despite coming from two completely different worlds over the years, they fell in love. And now after seven years of talking, Misha is flying to Israel to finally meet him in person with hopes of coming back engaged. And guys, yeah, 
Misha has two daughters. Like it is. So, and by the way, you guys, this is a good looking woman. I mean, she's very, I mean, almost too put together. It's very, um, Oh, I'm trying to convert. It's it's like who's Don Trump Jr.'s? It's like Kim, Kimberly Guilfoyle a little bit, you know, like she's like that kind of put together. But this Nikola, he's you know, he's more of a, a he's more of a what's inside kind of guy, not an outside kind of guy. But it is he's a it is. Uh, uh, how does this happen? If this is your mom, no offense, if the kids are listening, if this is your mom, you must be shitting a gold. Like you must be literally like, what is what is going on with mom? Like this dude, like go to Israel. You can't find a nice Catholic over here. This guy, like this guy is like, you know, romancing her with the word of the Lord, which is awesome. But he's doing it from his, like his room at his mom's place in this tiny apartment in Israel. Never, never been with a lady. Like hadn't kissed a girl since he was like in high school or something like that. And she's finally starting to put the screws on him a little bit in Israel of like, listen, we need to find out if this is the real deal or not. He's like, Misha, I'm not about this, Misha. Like they go to this bar and she tells him that like this outside nightclub. Uh, she tells him like, she has like, oh, I like to have one cigarette a year. And he's like, Misha, no, the Bible says no, Misha. And I was like, I've not, it's been a minute since I've read the Bible. Was there a chapter on smoking? Does it mention anything about vaping? Like I was, but he's like, Misha, no. And then it doesn't like to go to nightclubs. He does, I'm like, it, I mean, can you own, I guess that's not, I was like, can you only have God as the basis of your relationship? And I'm like, yeah, that's the basis of a lot of people's relationships. But every, like, I'm telling you, this show is wall to wall pain. If you want to make the face of like, eh, you need to watch this show. I make the face of like, just scrunched up. I get stomach aches watching this show. My bones hurt. My joints ache. I don't know why I do this to myself every week. Cause it's just, it's a pain. It's just, it's, am I the only one that feels this? I know a lot of you guys watch. Or you can't be, you can't, I can't be the only one that feels this way about 90 day fiance. Um, oh, also Zane was on caller daddy. Zane, of course, the, uh, one of the founding members of one direction. And did you guys listen to the caller daddy interview? What did you guys think? Did you dig it? Uh, I, I didn't get to talk to Sophie about it, but I'm going to talk about it later this week. Cause I have tons of great notes about it because somebody listened to it. Marissa listened to it for me and took notes on it. Um, also just about the strike. I wanted to go back to really quickly. This is just how much it's going to screw up television. Stranger things, the final season, like, you know how we left off with that cliffhanger over a year ago. They're not, they've now pushed it back to 2027. Yeah. 2027, you guys. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just what year we're in 2023 now. Like I'm not good at math, but go with me on this one. 20, 2027, 2023, you're going to 2027. So seven minus three is four, four. And that's so four fucking years from now, we're going to wait for the final season of stranger things. Like it ended in a to be continued that, seemed like it was going to be the next day that like the battle was going to start. So like four years from now, we're going to see this thing and all of these kids are going to have like full on fucking mustaches. Like they're literally going to be fighting Vecna and arthritis. Like it is not, it, it's just, these kids are going to be fully grown. Like I'm like, it, it was the goal. It's going to be the golden girls all of a sudden or the golden guys. It's like, I, I was like, we're going to wait. These it's a show about kids. When the first season of Stranger Things aired, now it feels like 30 years ago, they were tiny kids. They're now fully, fully grown adults. It's going to be like AARP time by the time this final season happens. 
So that's what the strikes, you know, uh, strikes you guys. Uh, okay. Let's get to, uh, Sophie, the, uh, the pop culture roundup. I hope you guys have the best week ever. Please let us know. Also, I'm going to be doing a Patreon Q and a episode while I drive to Arizona. I'll have my little earbuds and I'll be answering any questions. I'm going to put that Patreon, uh, uh, note up to get questions. So join the Patreon. If you want to know things about me, things about pop culture, anything, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Uh, can't wait to answer your questions on the road tomorrow. That'll help pass the time. And, uh, that's it. I don't want to let you go, but we have all week. So I love you. I miss you. Glad to be back. And here she is the one and only Sophie Ross. If you're watching this on YouTube, flip to the next video. Bye. Hey, now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week we are lucky enough to be sponsored again by our friends over at BetterHelp. Now, they want me to talk about a time when I have felt uncertain about where I was going in my life or what the right path was and how I got through it. Now, that's very easy. I'm just going to talk about the time I'm going through right now. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of things in my mind about my mom, and I have been for a while. And as we get closer to whatever is about to happen, I know that I I know enough that I don't know how I'm going to feel. And, uh, I, uh, it's a really scary time in my life right now. And it's not, it's, it's weird. You think about it all the time, but at the same time, uh, I try not to think about it all the time. If that makes sense. It's very, very odd. Um, well, sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Um, like I don't know what to do. I, I'm not going to know what to do. Uh, even though I've replayed all of these scenarios in my head, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. Even my feelings right now, they're all over the place. Um, so whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Um, I mean, listen, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I actually am using BetterHelp. Uh, I got uh, uh, paired with one of their therapists uh, two and a half weeks ago. I thought this was something that, uh, I mean, a, a lot of my friends have reached out to say, not reached out specifically for this, but to say that this is something that I need to get in place now of somebody to talk to uh, just so I'm not playing catch up when when things in my life do happen. Because also that it's important for me to move forward, to keep doing the show and to keep, you know, to try to be a functioning human being because I, I want, I want to be at the end of the day. And I know my mom's going to want me to be, and I need to start taking care of things and taking care of myself and my own mental health. So I actually am using better help right now. Uh, and listen, it's early on. It does feel good to talk to somebody. I mean, there, there's, um, there's something so innately good about that. It's also so scary, right? It's so scary to even make that. Uh, I mean, listen, I talk about this all the time and it was still scary for me to sign up once again and to try to go to the process of finding a therapist. But the cool thing about BetterHelp is that they take a lot of that off of you. They make it so easy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. That's all it is. Just try 
It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That was another thing I couldn't make excuses for. Well, I don't have time right now. I'm all over the map. I don't have time to go to one place. Well, you can just do it on your computer. Uh, just fill out a brief questionnaire. It's very brief to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Okay, hear that last part. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash so bad. Give it a shot. I'm giving it a shot. We'll be therapy buddies. We can do this. Let's push forward. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. You guys, welcome to an all new week of So Bad It's Good. I know last week's release schedule was a little wonky. I was in New York, didn't plan on uh, doing everything that I did, but I'm back. I'm refreshed, kind of. That's a lie. I'm not, but I'm happy to be here. And I'm so excited to have uh, our returning guest. It's been two weeks. It's way too long. The last time we talked, we literally were joking about... Kyle Richards and her potential bat, you know, potential new friend Morgan Wade before anything was released. The day after we released that, they made a statement that, you know, the whole separation thing came up. So much has happened in these last two weeks that I cannot wait to get the opinions on of somebody whose Twitter account just got hacked. So of course we're uh. going to talk about what happened with that. So we've got the one and only Sophie Ross back with us. Sophie, what the hell is going on with you? So much has happened, first of all. Second of all, yes. My Twitter got hacked, unfortunately. Um, I Did don't you know click on a link? No, because that's what happened last time. So I only okay. had myself to blame. This time, it just got hacked out of nowhere. They changed the email address. So I can't... I don't get how Twitter allows you to do that. It's like, okay, random email address change <laughs> and then signing my email out. Um, so yeah, do, wait, would you know the email also, address? Do you know the email address that it's, it changed? No, to? I just see, I just see the first two letters. So it's like, it's, it's S E it's not my email address. So yeah. And of course it, you never know when the Twitter team will finally get back to you. I did a ticket obviously, but like, who knows how long it'll be. I just keep, I'm like, uh-huh. Oh my God, are they going to start like retweeting crypto stuff and turn it into a crypto account? I don't know. Or an OnlyFans account. I don't know. So Wait, has, has so nobody's reached out to you for a ransom for the Twitter account? Yet, no. Right? And that's what happened last time. I checked my WhatsApp. I was like, where's the ransom? I'll pay it. I don't care. <laughs> Just give my Twitter account back. But no, no ransom. I don't know what they want from me. I don't know. Um, well, you know, it yeah, could I be don't... Elon. You've been vocal against Elon Musk. It could be, it could be what, Elon. That's what else I was thinking about that. Maybe Elon is like doing this to people that are anti Elon. I don't know. And I also, my voice is more annoying than usual. I'm sorry, everyone who hates my voice. Um, oh my I, really I don't, I don't right hate now. your voice. I, I, I don't hate Thank your voice you. at all. So F everybody that F is, says anything like that. <laughs> I'm just excited no, to have I'm you here. Period. I've gotten plenty of compliments about my voice also. And then you have the haters. They just don't <laughs> see the vision with my voice, you know? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I have a really bad cold. My sinuses, I'm like so stuffed up. And so I'm sorry that I sound so nasally. I also am home right now. There was a little- You sound like Erica Jane. Work. You sound like Erica Jane, by the way. You're like, oh, I'm saying Tom's- account. 
I'm like, Tom's house was broken into, and he confronted the burglar, and no, my grandpa actually was sick. He's better now, thankfully, knock on wood. So my Papa Tootie, shout out Papa Tootie, love you so much. He's such a fighter. PT, baby, PT. PT. So, yeah, that's, that's why I'm home right now, and I missed the Roni premiere. I I know that you, you dude, know, it, have, uh, dude, it was it, it was insane. So, guys, realize what the New York premieres tonight or Sunday night. You'll listen to this on Monday, so I'll recap it uh, this week on probably on Tuesday. I have not seen the premiere episode, but the premiere party itself was insane, and I just I have such an issue with sweat. Anyways, I was so nervous. I get so nervous going to these things. And then Tracy Morrissey was, I finally met Tracy in person for the first time. She gave me like an edible. Then I was like getting free drinks. And I just, I, I'm like Kyle, Kyle Richards, by the way, made a post celebrating one year being alcohol free, which I think is such an, uh, an, an amazing accomplishment. And she was saying, I, I didn't drink every day, but when I did, I overdid it. And I was like, dude, I could potentially see myself uh, being inspired by Kyle Richards because I get so nervous that I'll just drink anything in my path to make myself less nervous, which is such a, I mean, guys, I realize how dark that sounds, but I get so nervous going to these things and talking to people and, and it, it turned and out it's like great. An open bar. It's an open. Oh bar. my God. Like, it was at the top of the rainbow room. It was so beautiful. Like fucking Tony Danza, Che Diaz's dad. And, and, and just like that was right behind me the whole time. I'm like talking to people that I, you know, had only known online. It was such a really cool night. But then, then the night, of course, then we went to the Regency where, you know, it's not about Tom and, and Harry Dubin hang out. And I downed like two martinis there. And then we were, we were going to go see a, a set at the Comedy Cellar, David Tell. And that was when I was like, oh, sh- I've got the spins already. I'm going to – I'm." Li- there was an article the next day that this new ca- uh, cast member, I think Jessa – uh, got food poisoning or threw up all over at the rainbow room. Uh, she's like an actual housewife. And I was like, can I blame this on food poisoning? Like I, I was so sick the next day. I could, didn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. It was horrendous. Uh, it was so, I would have been it was right so fun in the moment. You. It was, yeah, it was so fun in the moment. I was, I was on cloud nine and, uh, but also Tracy Morrissey, um, God bless her. She was like, wow, you're still sweating. Like I was sweat. I was an hour and a half into the party and I was still couldn't calm down. And Oh, I wanted you to should you this. get like a portable fan. I, that's what I, I was, I saw some kid on the street with one of these things that hung around his neck and there was two fans blowing up. And I was like, would that be, you need that. Yeah, like you're I was walking around the Roni premiere with that. <laughs> Oh, dude. Well, then, and then Tracy was like, take off your jacket. I was like, no, I can't. It's all sweat under here. It'll be even more noticeable. Anywho, I did get, wait, so I had a brief conversation with Andy about the Grateful Dead and John. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so upset that I couldn't be there he, with you. Uh, and I need act- to make it known that I was going to go with Ryan because I feel really cool. Yeah, everyone, just so you know, I was supposed to be there. So... Hey, I, hey, listen, uh, next time, bigger, bigger and better. Like, ho- hopefully they'll keep doing things like this. I, you know, like I, I wanted to, I want to get Medica there. I want to get my, I, like I, these things, I just get so nervous. I need somebody there. And it's like actually really fun when you get there. Um, Andy though, I, he was like, I, he was getting bombarded, but then I brought up Grateful Dead and he actually got really excited about that. It was the right thing to bring up. And he was like, no way. Oh my God. Da, da, da. And he's actually at the last Dead and Company shows this weekend. He flew to San Francisco to do that. Does he like know who you are? Because I feel like he should. 
I don't think he knew who I was in that moment, but I will say I'll tag him in certain things that are jokes and I see that he sees them, but he never hearts them. So I think I'm kind of one of those jag offs that make fun of Bravo, which is totally, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. But like, I, I guess the goal for the next year is to be more respected within the community. Is that's the, that's the, that's the goal. Okay, so you're, you're going to be moderating BravoCon this time. Yeah, next year that's sure. that's that that's the dream. But Are by you the way, going to BravoCon? By the way, hell yes! You said you were going to go too. You said you were going to go. I know. I know. I need. Oh to, I need to finally. I need to finally go. I'm a little nervous about like how overwhelming I feel like it must be. Well, wait, Sophie. How overwhelming is it to be in your city every day? It is like sensory overload. I'm so used to just like staying in my work spot, uh, either in Los Angeles or Arizona and just doing that and not going out. Like you, you hit the street and you see a million people immediately. Like it was, it, it is such sensory overload every day in New York. I don't know how you do it. So I don't think Vegas is going to be that big of a difference, except that you'll be excited to be around people that all kind of dig the same thing you dig. You're right. You're right. It does sound so fun, and I am free that weekend. So, like, maybe I should go. just do it. Yes, I think I know. I know. You already said you were doing it. This is ridiculous. By the way, I tickets know. go on sale. I'm sorry, this I'm backtracking. I'm sorry, I'm backtracking. I just, I feel like the enclosed space part of it all. Like, New York, like, the, the streets of New York, you're not enclosed with everyone. I think I'm just a little nervous about, like, being in an enclosed. What if it's Astro World? Which... <laughs> Well, listen, they had a, a, a the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills panel in New York last year. There was a stamp. There was almost a stampede. There was imagine a stampede. Yeah. Imagine losing your life at a below deck talk back. Like um, imagine what that, that like would happen chef to me. Demonstration. I, oh, that, that is the kind that would happen to me of all people. Well, so this Friday tickets go on sale. You guys there, they did away with the third level. So there's just general admission and VIP, but I will say like everybody immediately there's sticker shock. Of course, I love music festivals. So to me, this is like a music festival and I'm telling you, you're going to say, Oh, that sucks. I don't want to go, but you're going to want to be there. Like truly, it was one of those things that I would love to shit on, but I had the best time. Me and Medita went last year. I mean, there were, tr there were problems, you know, the equipment thing that got stolen and all that stuff, but so many great memories. And I got to meet so many cool people. I'm telling you, you would love it. You, I, I period you're going, um, okay. Wait, whatever so, happened, uh, whatever happened with, did you ever find your, your stuff that was stolen at BravoCon last year? There oh is God. an interview guys. There is a, there is a recorder with an interview of me and Teresa Giudici out there just laying there. There is an interview and there's like my wallet with all like my IDs and stuff like that. And there was oh like God. charger. There was like a really nice microphone in there. So that's all out there. There's a lost interview between me and Teresa, uh, which I just, I find it hysterical that I do not have that interview. So yeah. But, and it's but just like out there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, so oh, I'll be God. back. I mean, I'm not allowed to say what, but I'll be back at the end of August uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, if everything works out, everything works out with, with family, my mom and stuff like that. So that's the goal right now, but I'll keep you guys posted. And Sophie, I'll let you know offline what's going on, but um, yeah. So this has been a big week for pop culture. I guess let's just start and get this out of the way. Cause uh, 
I wanted to say a little piece of information. There is a lot of Raquel Rachel information going on right now because they're filming season 11 and she hasn't officially signed on yet. And then TMZ keeps doing these push alerts and they most recently said yesterday or two days ago that she is still under contract. And I just said like, guys, we can't keep like, I, you know, I don't care at the end of the day if she comes back or not, but these things of like people saying she signed, she didn't sign the rumor mill is fully ablaze. I will say I posted that. And then I did get word from a very close source that I'm not allowed to say that this is true. Her option, there is an option on Rachel Raquel for the 11th season. And there was, I mean, they, it doesn't mean they're going to enforce it, but there is a contract in place that was already signed pre scandal. So in a sense, Wait, what do you that, mean you know, a rule? What do you mean a rule? What did, what did I say? What was the? What, can you? I it, thought you said the there was question? a rule. There was a rule in place for Raquel. Oh, there was a. Uh, there was already a contract in place for Raquel. There was a. There was oh, a, I thought you a said contract. a rule, and I was like, "What's the rule?" The rule is do not. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, but she already is signed on, but she just signed on years ago because they'll sign you to multi-year contracts. So she can still renegotiate. She could still not show up and I don't think they would do anything about it. But I guess this piece of the TMZ article was true. Um, and did you see that picture of Tom and Tom? They're already back to being best buds. Like, I swear there's going to be three episodes of Schwartz giving Sandoval a hard time and then they're going to be like, you know, making out again. Like it's just, nothing's going to change. Oh my God. What about that Demois sighting of Lisa Vanderpump and Sandoval apparently getting into it? I don't know if I believe it. See, I don't believe that at all. So what she's referring to you guys, if you didn't see it, is that there was a Demois blind saying that Sandoval and Lisa had to be separated at Tom Tom because they were in a fight. And Lisa was like saying things like you're a betrayer and a liar and all of these things, which is like, Part of me finds it hard to believe that Lisa's so middle of the road that she's like, oh, yeah. you're a liar, Tom Sandoval. You're a meanie. I can't believe Nick Lane. I don't believe it at all. But I think it's one of those things that keeps people like literally any of us could ride in a blind to Demois. I just don't believe that. I feel like we would have gotten footage of that since they've filmed every other fucking thing and put it online so far. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I just, again, I can't picture Lisa Vanderpump, like, losing her cool. She I guess he can lose very... in his cool. Yeah. I'll knock your smoke you, you, out! Yeah. You're a lawyer and a cheat, and I, I don't want to be in a jacuzzi with you ever. Wait, I have a question about I'll knock, I'll knock you spark out. Was he saying, I'll knock you spark out, like, I'll knock you right out? Or was he saying, I'll knock your spark out, like, I'll knock your... Uh I believe because this is, she's referring to the episode with DJ James Kennedy when he was like, Lisa, don't fire me. And he was drunk and Ken finally got involved. And he was like, I'll knock your spark clean out. Like I thought he was saying yeah. like, I'll not, you're the spark and I'll knock your spark right out of your body. I'll, I'll, I'll send your soul to heaven, you know? Okay. Okay. Right. That's, you know, I go back and forth with that, but that's the most, you know, likely well, what reading you of it. <laughs> What did you think of Vanderpump Rules being nominated for two Emmys? They, they isn't that two crazy? Emmys this season? I mean, it's, it's so crazy, funny. but I, I, I mean, yeah, they deserve it. But it's just so funny that like for so long we were like, oh my god, Vanderpump Rules editors deserve an Emmy, and like we weren't being serious, but. Turns out it was like a real possibility. <laughs> Sophie, I hate to break this. I was serious. I was, I was deathly serious. I was like, I've never, no, listen, serious. 
They got they got one for reality uh, programming, but they also got one, like you said, for editing. And it was that episode where Ken did the jacuzzi line and they kept going back and forth. It was such... So, listen, it's another thing that I'm like, if they win, do the producers get to accept that Emmy? Does Lisa... Go, does the whole cast, does Sandoval get on stage at the but, Emmys? But you know what? I don't, unfortunately, I don't think that it'll be, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it'll be part of like the televised part because there are so many Emmys and then they have the other categories that, you know, they, they award them before the real ceremony. So like, yeah. will they actually be going on stage to accept her Vanderpump rules? I imagine that they'll have, you know, a good chunk of the cast members there. Definitely Ariana, but like, who else do you think they're all going to get to go to the Emmys? Oh, you know, fucking Sheena's gonna be a seat filler if she has to. She will oh, be at those Emmys. They yeah. well, I would okay if they do present that on the actual broadcast. That means Vanderpump Rules won because Vanderpump Rules got such great ratings and it was really yeah. kind of universally talked about that. I would imagine they would want that on the prime. Wait, the prime I did special. see. Speaking of Vanderpump ratings, I did see recently about how Vanderpump Rules had the number one like rated in terms of rating show on cable like at one point yeah is that yeah. insane it's a, it, but like, more, more than, than succession like or, yes yeah. i mean well, that's what that succession does does succession count i don't know if succession counts because that i'm that's like a streaming or like a, yeah. a premium channel you know a premium cable. i think this is just cable i don't know cable. i don't know you guys but, well, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Really... it was lightning in a bottle. It was lightning in a bottle. They'll not be able to replicate it, but yeah. I'm glad that they could potentially get some shiny baubles to celebrate what they did because it really, once this got found out, I got to say production handled this really brilliantly. And that last episode of Scandable was really well done. Like it just, it, I mean, I, I just hate people still arguing about the fact of like, Oh, everybody's cheated. Da, da, da. I'm like, guys, this was just done. It was a really good series season of reality television. And I just am not here to shit on that at all. You know, I'll, I'm yeah. here to shit on Sandoval and other people, but like, I think what they did was they handled it in the correct way. And that's why I'm curious what you think of uh, moving to like Kyle and Mauricio. We did get the announcement <laughs> this week that their cameras are picking back up and it's the same production company evolution. Will this be even in the ballpark? This couldn't even be in the ballpark of Scandoval. No. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. No, I also think that Kyle, like, my conspiracy theory is that Kyle is doing all of this just to compete with Lisa Vanderpump. Because she is seeing Lisa Vanderpump winning, and she can't have that. (laughs) Yeah, that, and, I, listen, yeah, if it was I, that, I would love if that was true. That would be, I would be there for that so much. And but like, I don't, she I, would, she would do that. And it's like, why else with these, they came out and denied the rumors or like, it wasn't even like a rumor. It was like People Magazine kind of confirming that Kyle and Mauricio were separating them. They were like, we're not actually. And it's like, what are you well, doing Sophie, this you, just no. to like fuck with us? No, so if you read those Instagram things, they said, we are not divorcing. Has it been a horrible summer? Yes. But they didn't flat out right. say we are okay. not separating. So also, if it gets to People Magazine and the author of the byline of that was Dave Quinn, those things are exclusives. Those things are, you right. get permission. It's like Lindsay and Carl's engagement. Though There is a structure yeah. in place when it's, it gets to People Magazine. It's not the Washington Post, but it's still so much different than Daily Mail, TMZ, all of those things. So there was a complete source that like checked off on that article. So I think it's one of those things to cushion the blow. They do have a family, you know, they've invested in so many fancy hats together. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're a fan, but, but by the way, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see that Sophie's name is Mauricio's revenge body. And that is true. Kyle celebrated one year of sobriety. Mauricio celebrated six abs on that thirst trap that he posted. He's, he's, posting, he's posting thirst traps. What did you think of Mauricio's thirst trap? Oh, I mean, he's, you a liked it. Uh, he's a tall drink of water. I'll say that. I, much. Liked, I liked, um, Mauricio. I liked heavier Mauricio. Cause he said, he goes, he goes, face it guys. I was fat four years ago. Yeah. He was like, I was fat. Around. Yeah, and I and you and you slide the slideshow, and it's like you were he wasn't fat. I thought no. he looked good in both. He looks good in both, but he's obviously, you know, really been spending a lot of time in the gym. So good I wonder if him. he's like listen, he's just listening to Melissa Etheridge on repeat. He's just like, must get Kyle back. Must get no, I don't uh-huh. think Mauricio. I don't I I think Mauricio is probably I think they're probably in a better place with this quote unquote separation than any of us would give them credit for. And I think Mauricio after 27 years, I I don't know. I think Mauricio is probably at this moment invigorated by potentially being able to speak to other women. You know oh what my I'm God, saying? For is that- sure. I mean, he already has been, but now it's like, think about the top sugar daddy on the market right now potential sugar daddy <laughs> like the fact that he is actually hot and extremely wealthy i mean yeah the world is his oyster including me like i'm an option I'm oh an your option. dude has and to I worry i thought it was joe burrow the quarterback only now you've moved it to mauricio as well you have a roster you have a roster of like wait what are those called the top five like or your what is it called when you have a with your partner oh uh, your hall pass hall pass hall pass yes you have two hall passes mauricio and joe burrow and timothy chalamet 
Oh God. That see, that's like, dude, he's like third. The, the guy doesn't even have a pubic hair. Timothy Chalamet. That guy is like, no, he is a little boy. Like that is a lit imagining him and Kylie Jenner together cracks me up. Cause you know, just like, he's like, She's like a normal average girl, but he's like half the size of Kylie Jenner. I know. That's why I'm like, no, no. Still, I still don't believe that was ever a thing. Don't believe it. Don't buy it. Which, by the way, but we yeah, say I that guess, I guess you could say, I guess you could say that's, that's a hall pass for me. So Mauricio, Mauricio. if you're listening, brother, like, hook, well, Mauricio is that kind of guy. I was saying this, that like, even when they had cheating rumors about him for years and years, he was that kind of, he was so well-liked that nobody really truly gave a shit. And one of the rumors I read on Reddit that was from like a lady, they said how caring and loving he was on their, the night that, of passion that they had. And I was like, that says something for a guy to cheat and the lady to write a glowing Yelp review about the experience. Oh my God, uh, Mauricio. Yeah, I mean, he's already been out there, putting himself out there. I allegedly, potentially. Allegedly, allegedly. Do you think so. PK will go out like on the prowl with Mauricio? Ew. No, I'll, I'll, do, I'll be your wingman. I'll be your wingman, Mauricio. So cramp his style. He would so cramp his style. So I hope <laughs> not, but probably. I know those are the disgusting brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh my God. You've got to. You've got to thread that. You've got to. Tw- uh, once you get your Twitter account back, that's I know. A good tweet. Um. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, I'm writing it down. Which by, uh, uh, oh, by the way, that's what I, I hate to keep bringing this up. And I got a lot of negative feedback about this comment. I said last Monday that this is one of the only times that I, I almost said that I wish Rena was back because she would get to the bottom of this. And I got so much hate responses about that comment, but you guys, I don't like Lisa Rena, but you know, she would be so annoying that she would actually bring into light whatever actually is going on. Does that make sense? Or am I completely off base for saying you, that? you think Rena would you think Reno would do that for to Kyle and Mauricio? Absolutely not. I'm going to disagree with you there. You don't think she would betray who... Kyle. You don't, you don't think she would betray Kyle. No, and be like, not at all. What are you doing with Morgan? What are you? Who's Morgan? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to agree with the people that were cyberbullying you because you hear that mom. I think 1000%. I, <laughs> I think 1000%. Rena has always been in an alliance with Kyle and with Erica for the most part. Um, so yeah, I don't see her betraying Kyle. I really don't. I just can't picture it because who would she have on her side? No one else likes her or trusts her. Well, who no, would she I have like if she, she did pops- that? Well, I just, I think she's a grenade and she just comes in and realizes she's going to like just be destructive completely and like pulled it. And I feel like Erica would be on her side with that, which by the way, I just saw a photo. Erica was meeting with a couple of the Kimberly Archie and one of the other victims of Tom Girardi, like Erica Jane met up with two of the victims and I'm not sure what that's all about. But I was like, did Erica Jane meet with the victims to see if she can get some money? Like, I mean, what was that? Yeah, like, I'm shocked what? that Erica Jane would do that. Like, and you guys have any money? Me too. Yeah, it, wild. Me um, too. That's surprising. I wonder if she's doing, is is Beverly Hills still? No. Oh, they picked the cameras back up. Maybe she's doing it for the cameras. Oh my God. That's, you're right. 
you're probably right. That's it exactly. Yeah, they did pick up. So picking back up the cameras, I just don't think we're going to get the actual story. I don't think. Um, I don't think. I don't think she's going to clarify what's going on with her and her new friend. I don't know if that's a relationship or not. I've seen a lot of back and forths on that, but w- I guess we'll see. I just Kyle's never been that forthcoming, so I think it's a it's a non-starter. Like I think the Bravo audience is more fascinated with it right now, but I think the actuality of it, I don't know who knows. I could be completely wrong. Um, Also, I wanted to read really quickly just for people that are curious. I am a proud member of the screen actors guild SAG AFTRA. We are currently on the strike with the writers guild of America. And I do want to know, even though we do talk about movies and television, uh, we are allowed to do so, but I do want to make you guys aware of a strike that is happening that I am fully behind for residuals, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence usages. And uh, just for all mm-hmm. the people reaching out, this podcast is not affiliated with a uh, union. If I was on radio, it would be a different story. This is a podcast. And I am being encouraged by Screen Actors Guild to speak still about TV and movies. Uh, but I will be making announcements every day that I record about the strike. So I want to know this is out there. And this what we're asking for is not insane. We are, we are ruled by corporate overlords that you literally pay themselves $267 million a year when I get maybe 15 cents from a Netflix show that I did two years ago. Like it, it's really kind of a ridiculous thing. I could not make my living as an mm-hmm. actor alone at all. Like period. I would never be able to make a living as an actor at this point. Um, and I barely could eke by when I was just being an actor. So um there's a lot of people out there like me. This is going to affect a lot of livelihoods, but I just wanted to let you guys know for everybody uh, messaging me, I am allowed to do this. I am encouraged to do this actually. And we will continue to talk about the strike. Um, do you have any opinions on the strike, Sophie? I know you're not a member oh of the God. unions, but you support unions. Yeah, of course. I, I'm so proud of everyone that has, you know, been literally on the picket lines. And I just think that it's so crazy how I've been I've been reading all about it there was an article about I don't know if you saw it and I think it was the New Yorker about how orange is the new black this mega popular it really put Netflix on the map and those actors it was interviewing you know some of these actors that were on the show that were so popular and recognizable and one of the most popular shows of the decade that made nothing from it they still had to work their day jobs like it's just so crazy and I think and what I've been reading is that Netflix really has backed themselves into a corner because they, if they say they literally can't afford to pay these actors and writers, they are signaling to their investors that this business model, our company isn't as profitable as we make it seem like Apple TV. They have the money. It's Apple, Amazon. They have the money. Netflix really doesn't have another, you know, stream of revenue other than their streaming subscriptions. And I, I don't know, I'm fascinated by it because it really is showing that streaming isn't as profitable as they have made it seem. And no. yeah, of I mean, course, they, the they, they don't writers to... deserve to be, yeah, they deserve to be compensated for their work. And compared to the residuals that network TV actors, you know, get from syndication and all of that and reruns, whatever it is, it, it's just mind boggling. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it really is. Sho- it, it's, it's very shocking when you get down to the actual numbers of it. And I think people have the false 
uh, perception that if you are on TV or movies, you're automatically rich. And that is just not the case. Sometimes mm-hmm. the things, same things happen with Bravo of like, oh, if you're on Vanderpump Rules, you're rich. It's like, no, some of those cast members are getting $5,000 a season if you're a first year cast member, because they say you'll make all that money on the back end through Instagram deals and stuff like that. But like when I say, like I did a couple episodes of The Office, NBC. Now, NBC had a great residual plan in place through the union where when I did those, I got really great residuals from that. Could I make a living of just like a couple episodes of The Office? Hell no. But it was like a nice surprise every time you get a check. Once mm-hmm. Office was sold to Netflix, those residuals dry up. The residual deal mm-hmm. in place, you would get, I mean, I'd get checks. I still get checks for like three cents, four I'm not joking. Three cents, four cents, 10 cents. That's and it's so insulting. It's so insulting. Like, if you're sending a check for three cents, you might as well just not send anything. Like, oh, I mean, you, it's you know? it's more for the it's more for the postage. It's it's we it's so and it's so demoralizing because being an actor is like a lottery, regardless. But then you open the mailbox, you get a couple checks from SAG, and you're excited. But it's a lottery; you don't know what you're going to get. And then you open three checks in a row for like under ten cents each, and it really is that depressing thought of, oh my god, I just remember having that thought so many times of. I totally did pick the wrong career. Like this is like, Oh my God, what, what did I do? What did I do? And this is like, we had a writer's guild person on here a couple months ago. They've been striking for months and Netflix especially has been really hard nosed with this, where there was a producer or one of the AMPTP had a, a quote in Hollywood reporter saying their strategy is to wait us out to wait till we start losing our homes or apartments when we're not going to be able to afford things. <laughs> so and that's really, they went on record. Uh, I mean, they didn't put the person who said it, but that was their strategy of to wait till we really start suffering. And Netflix, especially, especially with the Writers Guild, they're like, fuck them, fuck them. And their thing is artificial intelligence is such a powerful tool. And oh they know God. it is. They, but they know it is. And they're acting like they don't really understand algorithms, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, they do know how powerful it is. They, what they're trying to do, you guys, you know, extras and like scenes of like crowds and stuff like that. Those are actual people that get paid. Usually they're non-union extras, 60, 70 bucks a day. You have SAG extras, SAG extras that get way more, but what they want to do is scan your body image. They'll give you a one day rate for scanning your body image. And then they can use your body image in TV and movies until the end of time for one day's pay. And you make, yeah, for one day's pay, you make no residuals from that ever again. It's wild. It's really, I mean, it's 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 pretty scary. It's crazy. And you think about how much these execs make, the Disney CEO, like, it's Bob Iger and... Yeah, so Bob Iger makes, I think, I was reading that he makes like 75K a day. And the average salary of the average SAG member is like $67,000 a year. So it's like guys, guys uh, that, that wait, wait. So that I that's not even the average. I'm sorry, average is more like thirty thousand. I used to be able to get he- health insurance from SAG, and I remember this my first year of SAG, all I had to make was fifteen thousand dollars, and I got really premium health care. And now, you know, I could not make my SAG minimum to get health care through SAG anymore. And what they offer is so different from when I started. It really is so scary. Like my friend that has been a working actor for twenty years. This was his first year. He didn't get uh, SAG health insurance and he has two kids. One's a baby. He was, you know, panicking. So, and I just need, I, I just need a day of work somewhere. Like, and guys, this is, uh, this is not just actors and blah, blah, blah. This is the country as a whole. You know, a lot of us are going through times like this, obviously, but that's why it's important that we stand up in times like this. And we love these things so much and they're really worth 
fighting for. Entertainment is worth fighting for. So mm-hmm. we'll talk more about that. I'm going to have a SAG rep on and, and, a, and a Writers Guild rep on um, over the next coming weeks. So we'll answer a lot of your questions then. But speaking of that, um, Oppenheimer had one of its premieres this week. And the actors, uh, Cillian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., and Emily Blunt, Matt it's Damon. Killian. Killian, it's sorry. Killian. Killian. Yeah. Killian Murphy. I just recently found out that it's pronounced I, Killian. I would never have known that. And I've known that. I, I feel like I've, but they walked off the red carpet because you're not allowed to promote movies as a Screen Actors Guild member. So that's why they did the Barbie premiere mm-hmm. early last Sunday. So uh, you're not going to see these big press junkets with actors anymore. So mm-hmm. dig in, um, which by the way, we are now at the week of Barbenheimer. Barbie and Oppenheimer comes out on Friday. What is your plan of action for these? I'm so excited. I haven't like pre-bought tickets or anything. I think I'm going to wait until like after the first few days. So I'm not like in a super crowd. Here I go with like the crowds again. Apparently all of a sudden I can't be around crowds. Um, So yeah, but I'm very excited to see both of them. My boyfriend even wants to see both of them. Um, Barbie looks hilarious. Yeah. Like it really, like all the clips that keep, I feel like just like, you know, every few days, a new clip drops on Twitter and like, it's so freaking funny looking. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But what do you see? If you see it the first day, what do you see first? Like, do you see Oppenheimer first and then go to the hystericalness of Barbie? Or do you see Barbie first? Cause it puts you in a good mood and then get completely depressed about Oppenheimer and the making of the atomic bomb. You know what? If I were to do that, I probably would do Barbie last as a palate cleanser, but I just, I don't think I can be, I feel like I used to be one of those people that could see multiple movies in a day. I feel like, and I did that once. I did that once with The Help when it came out. And then one day with Anne Hathaway, they were like out at the same time. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think I can do that because I feel like I don't have like the attention span anymore to like sit in the theater for that long or like I'll get ants and like I don't know I don't think I can do the do the double feature day that a lot of people are doing I respect it and I fully support it I just don't think personally I could sit in a theater for that long it might trigger some sort of psychosis too because Oppenheimer has like extreme black and white imagery and then you have the color palette of Barbie you know like it's like I mean really it could really mess us up as a I mean have a plan in place though like this is exactly have a plan in place if you're also one of those people that likes to see movies high, I probably wouldn't get high before <laughs> Oppenheimer. You can take like a smoke break in between Oppenheimer and Barbie. That's what I would do. God, jeez. Uh, but I'm excited. It's exciting to like actually be excited about the movies. We had Mission Impossible 7 come out this weekend, uh, which, by the way, I guess didn't do as good as they were projecting. It only made like $75 million over a five-day weekend. And uh, this Tom Cruise, I'm worried about him with the strike more than anybody because it seems like he depends on movies so much. Like he, he, it seems like movies are all he has potentially. He needs, he can't have this business shutting down. Did you see that video of him? I'm like eating popcorn. He was like, mm, yeah, popcorn. And I'm like, you're a weird alien. He goes, he goes, he goes, that's all I need. Movies and my popcorn. And it, it looked like, like a man that had never, that? and he goes, it looked like a man who had never eaten popcorn in his life. He was like, good old sweet, sweet aroma cr- popcorn. Like it looked like he had no idea what he was touching. He was like me and this popcorn and the pot, it just, it looked like a big bag of prop popcorn that Tom Cruise was pretending to enjoy. And it was He's like, and you, mm, crunchy foam nut. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know Nicole Kidman knows her way around some popcorn. She knows Hell what the yeah. taste of popcorn is like. Our, our um, AMC queen, of course. Yeah. Um, also, uh, 
Wait, your sound went out. You mute. You're muted. Okay, one sec, you guys. One, da, 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 da. Sorry, oh, one sec. Your... Yeah, one sec. It like took off okay. your your. Yeah. One sec. This is fun. We were also I happy when it that... disconnects my set. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're back. Thirty-seven oh six. Um. Can you hear me? We're back, baby. Yep. Uh, where was I going to go from? Oh, okay. Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh, Jane Birkin passed away at the age of 76 after a long battle with cancer. Fuck cancer. She, of course, was known uh, mm-hmm. for the bag, even though she has a long, amazing history. But it just reminded me of, I posted this today, of that Drake story that Drake has a wall of Birkin mm-hmm. bags Toronto mansion. Uh, that he bought for his future wife. Why is Drake so corny? I know he just is. It's just who he is. It's in his blood. He's just the corniest person alive. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a great a great gift for your future wife. A wall of Birkins. Yeah, maybe I should add him to the hall pass list just for the Birkins, and then I would break his heart and run away. Get like a wall of like Ross Ross dress for lesses purses. Like, does I they feel have like, like of Bergen's? all my hall passes? I feel like of all my hall passes, Drake is the one who I could probably break his heart because he's so sensitive and corny. Like the rest of them wouldn't actually care about me, but he he probably would. Um, no, I just. But by yeah, the way, Jane Jane Birkin, rest in peace. Jane Jane Birkin, yeah, rest in peace, Jane Birkin. She was a fashion a icon. I mean, no, a, a beautiful woman, uh, obviously left like a huge mark on culture. Uh, but I w- was looking at a sex in the city meme about Birkins. And then that led me to, did you keep up with and just like that over the last couple of episodes? Yes. Yes. Che. Oh my God. I actually felt bad for Che at the end of the, the episode, which I never thought I would, but I, because really... of the focus, they had a focus group where people yeah. talked about their feelings about Che Diaz. And the writer said this was like a wink to all of us who have been shit talking Che Diaz. But I stand by shit talking Che Diaz. I need more of Miranda's story. I don't give a fucking rip about Che Diaz. I'm sorry. That's I do not. So- I'm not a Che sympathizer. It's so funny that that you know they're making it seem like Che all of a sudden has this like dad joke, millennial cringe, horrible humor. But then how did Che become so famous in the first place? Like, yeah, well, oh well they, there's a lot of steps that and just like that leave out, and it's just and it, mm. but it is hysterical. Like this episode wasn't as bad as the week before when Harry had dry balls. He couldn't do anything with his ball, you know, like his balls, like Harry oh. had a ball thing. And then you had the Che Diaz Miranda um, threesome potentially with her ex, with their ex husband, which was I think Che Diaz. By the way, Che Diaz and Tom Sandoval are very much alike. I believe Che Diaz is fully cheating on Miranda. I don't trust Che Diaz as far as I could throw them. Period. Oh, that's an interesting. I theory. don't. I also like seeing what's his name, Peter Herman. Is Who's that Peter? the actor's name? Peter, the, or am I the, thinking of his name from... Yeah, Peter Herman, the, the actor who played um George, who ran into Carrie on his bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and he's, 
Mariska Hargitay's husband. He also was in um, Younger, a show that I dearly miss. One of my like favorite shows. Um, so yeah, that was a great surprise. I actually really enjoyed this episode. I thought Harry dressing as the Americans to go to Rock's photo shoot was like so funny. Um, he looked. Wait, yeah. he looked like Lisa Rinna. He looked like Lisa Rinna. He didn't look like the Americans. He looked like Lisa Rinna in those like glasses know, like, and what? the long hair. It was the wig but- choice. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I, I want Charlotte to stop saying rock in every sentence. You're gonna upset rock. I just, I, oh I just, God. I'm still. There's so many things about it, just like that. It is so watchable. And this episode, you're right, was better than the last week's episode. But I just can't. I don't know. It is just so ridiculous. But I look forward to it every week. Same. Another, sh- another show that you're gonna fight me on, and I know you're not probably keeping up with. But I, and I, li- I am so enjoying this show this season. Is keeping up with the, the, the Kardashians. I'm sorry. Oh. It is so flipping ridiculous. They fought over Andrea Bocelli last episode. This episode, they're doing a Christmas album. And then Kim calls Babyface behind Courtney's back. And then they're like, that's all like fake bullshit. But then there are these things, Sophie, like Scott comes in and he's wearing like um, uh, uh, double Jewish uh, star necklaces. Star of uh-huh. David necklaces. And he's like, somebody's got to rep- represent the Jews, which was a little slight at Kanye. And I fucking yep. loved it. I and love it that the- about Scott. Good good for Scott. I love that. Yes. Like it puts in those, because you have to take in, not that the show itself is like whatever, but then if you take in, like look at the context of their actual lives, those little things, you know, Scott's poking the bear, you know, Scott is, it's completely ridiculous. You realize these people are billionaires and they're all agoraphobic for the most part. Chloe can't even leave her house. Next week's Tristan's coming back. It's a mess. But if you watch it in this, interesting. no, it's so interesting. They literally fought over weddings. I've actually picked up a new show. And when you said that you've been enjoying the show this season, I like for a second thought you were going to say this show because you said Kardashians claim to fame, you guys. So that clip that went around oh, Twitter Tom Hanks's Tom, Tom Hanks's niece. I was like, okay, I'm very, I, I think I had like heard of the show in passing, but I never really paid attention to it. I was like, I need to check out this show. So I watched that episode and I was like, Holy shit. I'm obsessed with the show. I binge watched me and my boyfriend. He had the stomach flu last weekend. So I was sleeping on the pullout couch. I was in the, on the pullout couch all day last Sunday, watching claim to fame season one, binged it claim to fame season two. There have been three episodes so far and I'm caught up on that. It's so good. You guys, it's so, so explain the concept, good. explain the concept. So, to the okay. People okay. Don't. Sorry. 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 I need to back up. Cause I know I'm not explaining the concept. Okay, so Claim to Fame is a reality show on ABC. It's all of these people that are related to celebrities, whether it's uh, Tom Hanks's niece, for instance. That's already spoiled from this like viral clip on Twitter because she freaks out when she got eliminated. And lots, I'm not going to like spoil it by saying like names, but A-list celebrities, their sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, cousins, brothers, sisters. And um, basically the game is to try to keep they're all trying to keep their identity hidden but there are challenges where they like their clues there's like you know secret hints in a clue wall and the challenges if you lose a challenge your clue could get revealed so the challenge is to keep your identity a secret and then you guess someone else's identity to eliminate them and the prize is a hundred thousand dollars i'm not gonna say who won last season but someone very famous as relative one last season 
obviously that's the concept <laughs> of the show. I was about to say who, but like, I don't want to spoil it. Everyone needs to watch it. It's so freaking good. It's on oh ABC, right? ABC? But also Hulu. So you can like binge watch okay. the first season on Hulu. I promise. It's like so much fun. I like got so into it. So thank yeah, you, you guys, to everyone Tom Hanks who posted. Is... Tom oh, Hanks' Jonas niece Brothers lost. Posted. The Jonas okay, great, because I, I have a Jonas Brothers story. Jonas and it's and Frankie Jonas, the bonus Jonas, and Kevin Jonas. So that's fun also. But yeah, Tom Hanks's niece flipped out. Because they guess, like there's one clue and it says bench. And the guy guesses Tom Hanks because Forrest Gump was on a bench. And she was like, how dare you do bench? Of course you're going to fucking get it. He's not even that smart. And she like goes on a rampage around the house and she just keeps. And I just felt like, man, poor Tom Hanks just fucking gets like Tom Hanks is like, uh, it's just funny. You get the sense that everyone around Tom Hanks are just maniacal dicks. It's a nut job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it, she was like, I deserve more camera time. I didn't even oh, get God. to do any of the challenges. Anyway, <laughs> go watch um, okay. So I did want to uh, like a more serious topic. And I think this is just at the height of bravery and for like secret sufferers out there. I think this is just so inspirational. Uh, this week, this blew me away. Joe Jonas confesses to uh, pooping his pants on stage this week, and it really, it really affected him. Did you, did you read about this, Josie? I mean, I, did you read I, about this, Sophie? Josie, I, I, Sophie, I Josie, I, I uh, who's Josie? Josie? I don't know. Oh my god, I'm yeah. like jealous. <laughs> um, I did see this and. You know what? He's not the first one to do it. Didn't Fergie do it first? Exactly. That's what I want to remind people. In 2005, street scene in San Diego, Fergie, when, you know, she was such a performer that she realized she was a little tipsy, had to pee, and then she couldn't stop the party and she peed her pants. And there's these great photos that you can find of Fergie with just completely soiled pants, you know, that I got a feeling that I'm going to pee my pants now. And it was truly <laughs> like, I mean, it's the height of professionalism, but Joe Jonas says for years, he has kept this secret, a gastrointestinal mishap yet on stage. He was uh, wearing white pants about four years ago in 2019. They had just announced that the Jonas brothers were getting back together after a six year hiatus. And he was on stage and he oops, I crapped my pants. And he said, let's just say it was a, a bad day to choose to wear white clothing. You think it might've been a little something else, a little something extra. So that's a story I've never told. And also that's just real life. And I'm saying, that's the kind of bravery I want from my pop stars. Like that's the kind yeah. of, cause you yeah. know, they all have, you know, they've all pooped and pee. Like, that have you ever wondered? Of him. Yeah. Yeah. They all poop and pee. They're just like us. Celebs. They're just Taylor like us. Taylor Swift you probably know? wears is- a diaper. Every night. I wonder if she does actually when she's performing. Like, when do they go to the bathroom when they're performing for like hours? What are they supposed well, to she do? Does, I guess you have no choice sometimes. I bet it's gnarly. I bet she has like a pee bucket or something while they're changing her. She has a like, I bet it's no, like, I bet it's gnarly because it's she like a three and a half hour a show. Well, yeah, just, I, yeah. I have a nerve, I have a nervous tummy, just like that's how I was born. Yeah. And like, I could, Same. like, I, well, that's the other thing. I was watching Broadway this week in New York and I was sweating everywhere. And my first thought is when these actors come out on stage, I'm like, I could never do Broadway. Like how I would just be sweating through the entire show. And then people would just be watching me sweat instead of like believing that I was this character. 
Is that narcissistic for me to think about when I was watching a Broadway show? No, I'm no. I mean, that's a totally fair thing to think about. I think also like I'm like you where I get a nervous tummy. I think a lot of people do. That's like a pretty normal thing. And I would just, before I went out on stage, if I had to perform in front of people, I would be like shitting nonstop. Yeah. I really would. I, yeah. Like, cause I'm sorry to be so graphic, you guys, but like, there's like a period of time where you've got to make sure your stomach's okay before you can go out. Like, what if your stomach's not okay? And it's like time to go on that kind of added pressure to my stomach. Like IBS, like, uh, what's her name? Kelsey, uh, Camille Grammer. She was a spokesperson for IBS back in the day. Kelsey Grammer encouraged her to do that. If you remember, I've went back and looked for, uh, Camille Grammer IBS ads, and I've only been able to find like a couple official ones, but like she has, she was like a spokesperson for, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, but it is just one of those things that like, how do these performers do it? They've got to, they've got to be so regimented. You can't party the night before. Cause you got to go out and do a show. Like, does this happen to Beyonce? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to happen to everyone, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, moving on to healthier topics. I didn't get to talk about this happened last week. And all I could think about was like, what does Sophie think about this? Can you guess what that was? Um, what happened last week? I don't remember. Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Like, how are you going to tell a professional surfer that she can't post photos in a bathing suit? Like, come on. And I think I like that, he was like, like we can't do surf culture things. We can't do surf yeah, things like, with each other. If you continue this behavior. He's so weird and embarrassing. And also, I mean, it's been a longstanding, you know, rumor that he's a huge asshole. So it doesn't surprise me all that much. What surprises me is that there's so much debate about these texts. And I think that it just shows that, like, abuse is a spectrum. It's very nuanced. It's not black and white. You know, like, it's, I think that some of his behaviors was trying to, these aren't boundaries. This is controlling someone. You are threatening them with breaking up with them if they don't do what you say. And, um, yeah, I just thought the texts were very disturbing. I think that Sarah, that's her name, right? Sarah. Yeah. So she, she also like released some texts that I think were maybe like a little inappropriate to too release. Far. She released a sex. Yeah. A sex of his, which I thought was a little too far. Well, and, like, I didn't, didn't see really that. I didn't see that. I did, I did not. Yeah. Did not see the like, sex. yeah, there are a lot of like, she like kept going and I'm like, okay, you're stop while you're ahead because this quickly could go off the rails. And I think releasing a sex was like a little bit too far, but I don't want that to, and I, I really just don't want that to discredit what she did. Her actual that was story. very valid. Yeah. The actual story, which I think is very valid and worth, you know, listening to. Um, so yeah, I'm totally team Sarah here. I think that Jonah, I mean, if you've heard rumors about him again, he, <laughs> It's been, you live in, you live in old tinsel town. Isn't that the word on the Guys, street? you can't, you can't go down a street without hearing a Jonah Hill story here. It is non, it's 24. No, I mean, listen, I have heard tons of stories about him and it sucked because I think Jonah Hill's very funny. I started yeah. considering him a fashion icon, um, mm -hmm. you know, him and Seth Rogen. And listen, I mean, I, 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 
made an Instagram about this is that whole team of Judd Apatow guys that he made movies all around. It's very interesting to see the James Franco where he is, you know, why these guys don't work together anymore. It is very interesting. Even uh, Jay Baruchel, B-A-R-U-C-H-E-L. You would know him if you saw him. He's, but he's been in all those movies. He was on record a couple of years ago saying like, yeah, me and Jonah did not get along famously. And that was the relationship they had in the movie. This is the end where they played themselves. And I found, I find that behind the scenes stuff more fascinating than sometimes the movies that they actually make. And I would want to know more about that, but it seems like, and this is the other thing too, psychologically, you're thinking about it. This dude, when you change your appearance so much up and down, it is so, uh, it's so hard how you view yourself and how you think others view you. Like I've been a weight yo-yo or for all my life. And I will always see myself as a gigantic man. And that's how my, that's how I view the world through those eyes. So when anybody compliments me about looks or anything like that, I immediately discredit them and think they're insane. And that I know is my problem, but it's very real to me. And I was not, I'm not trying to give grace to Jonah, but I do imagine it sounds like this stuff has messed him up so much that he is like mm-hmm. taking out his therapy speech, speak like therapy speech on other people instead of yeah. realizing we're all unique, you know, all unique snowflakes that all have our different uh-huh. things. Like his experience is not her experience. And for him to like use what's worked for him on her, it just, it's a, like a prison. It's a, it's a cage he's putting around her. Yeah. And I think that's a totally fair point to say, if you've struggled with weight issues, you always see yourself through that lens. And I think yeah. that he's clearly a deeply, deeply insecure person. And yeah. Yeah. And weaponizing the therapy speak like very icky, but seems, you know, on brand for him. He did make that. I never watched that. I'm proud. To yeah. Say it's I called never st- uh, Stutz, I believe he, he did a documentary on Netflix that came out around the holidays about his therapist, which is kind of dark in its own right. I watched it. I liked it. Uh, it wasn't groundbreaking for me, but I liked it. I do like people that talk about therapy and I hate, I hate things like this because it gives a bad rep for therapy, but therapy is a very personal experience and what works for somebody does not work for everybody. And I just thought it was cool that he was shining a light on that shit. But when you see things like this, well, that was the thing I was going to ask you, have you, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever released X's text or has X's released your text? Have you ever gotten into an online uh, battle with any X's? You know what? I'm going to say I have not. I, I don't think I have, and I can't imagine doing that. What but again, most of my ex- I if I really had been dealing with a very famous, like narcissistic, manipulative asshole ex-boyfriend who the entire world adored, maybe I would. You know, but fortunately for me, though that doesn't describe any of my ex-boyfriends. So yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 your future boyfriends, uh, Drake and uh and and uh joe burrow and and the other one um well uh, so it just i wanted to recommend something to everybody i just watched uh there's a three-part docu-series on hulu right now called uh betrayal betrayed or betrayal and it just came out oh, this yeah. weekend 
And it's this really fascinating story about a man that had this whole secret life and was cheating on multiple, multiple people. And they had did it like a pretty successful podcast about it and they transferred it over to a series, but I think it's worth a worth your watch. It really was like, but it was making me think of like Sandoval's and Jonah's. Cause I was like, Oh, I wonder if, I wonder if, uh, if Rachel Raquel, she wants to be called Rachel. Now that she learned that in therapy, if she'll release eventually Sandoval's texts or if, you know, cause you have to imagine there was a real, not, I mean, I believe Rachel was completely a part of all of this, but I do. I bet there's some real doozy texts in Rachel's phone right now. Oh where yeah, Tom was trying yeah. To keep everything, all the balls in the air at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the betrayal actually was a podcast first. It's based on a podcast. Yes. And, and I listened to the podcast and yeah, it's a very disturbing story, trigger warning for like grooming and, you know. Yeah. Because he was also a high school teacher. He he had, he had relations Mm -hmm. with high school students. I mean, he went to prison for this and they, I mean, he was the perfect boyfriend and husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, like these people work so hard. He kept all of this shit going and like, you just didn't know all the crap underneath that. It was really, really scary. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real Housewives of Potomac really quick they filmed their finale for this upcoming season this weekend but this week there was a whole fight breakdown uh, I don't know if you read about this about the, the Potomac fight that happened this week after they after cameras oh, went yeah. down with Sesame Street Sesame Street is back yeah Sesame Street uh, of course Ashley's friend um, Deborah, who was made into a meme because Deborah, by the way thought Candace's husband Chris was like flirting with her and then we saw the footage and it just was not the case at all it was completely ridiculous well Deborah is back and there's been this huge fight that went down and TMZ got footage I mean Candace like I love Candace Candace didn't get into the fight but she immediately grabbed a champagne bottle did you see her grab the bottle and I was like how yes, we nothing from the Monique fight? have we learned nothing from the Monique fight from years ago like that's completely like, what wild. was she what was she planning with that champagne bottle? Like, I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> but what is your opinion on? I was reading a lot of discourse of like, well, this is so trashy. Like, we want to enjoy these women, but it shouldn't be a cage match. And this was after cameras went down. Do you think? Do you get excited when you see a fight like this, or do you think, come on, this is fucking ridiculous? You're 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 grown ladies. Why are we doing this? And it's always cast members that aren't full cast members. Like they're trying to make right. their name. Right. Like, are you just trying to get on the show at this point? I don't know. But I wouldn't, you know, people calling it trashy. It's like, I would call Jersey trashier than Potomac for sure. Oh my God. Sophie, I Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I wake up, I check my Instagram and there's like a, uh, somebody liked a post with the verification. So so my eye was immediately drawn to it. Fucking Louis Ruelas. Like randomly liked a post I did about Raquel from like saying Raquel is an off person or something like that. And he liked that from months ago in the middle of the night on Tuesday night. Now he's going to see all the shit you post about him. Well, Sophie, (laughs) I did a pretty much identical post about Louie. So I was like, is this like psychological? He's like, I see what you do. I see what, not that that sounds like Louie, but I'm sorry. Like, but that I'm telling you, that'll put the fear of God in you. When you see Louie likes a post of yours and it's about Raquel. I was like the, the layers of scared the hell out of me. Anyways, Potomac will be coming up soon. Uh, Do you, uh, do you, did you watch welcome to crappy Lake with Sonia and Lou? No, I haven't watched it what? yet, but I will. 
I will. It's so good. It's so, and it's I quick. Know, it's like 20 minute heard. episodes. It's that's so what good. I've heard that it's really fun. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't yet. Um, 90 day fiance UK premieres today. Roni premieres tonight. Uh, the new season of below deck down under premieres tomorrow, tonight, Monday, uh, with Asia, who we love below deck sailing yacht wrapped up their season, which I loved. It didn't get great ratings. I loved it. That wrapped last week. Is there anything else that you're watching or you're looking forward to this week, Sophie? Oh, well, I talked about claim to fame. Um, I, I, I downloaded, <laughs> I downloaded, oh, oh the, so the summer I turned pretty season two and I downloaded that quarterback show on Netflix for the plane flight, um, which is about like Patrick Mahomes and some NFL quarterbacks. But what were you oh. going to say? Is that, I was going to ask you about the summer I turned pretty because I saw season two and oh, I was yeah. like, I bet, I was like, I bet this is a Sophie show. I bet because so, so many is. girls online were so excited about it. And I was like, oh, this you has know, to be. I feel like everyone just knows I love tween dramas. Like, you know how my personality trait is like Jason or not Jason, Jason Statham movies I do like, but Liam Neeson movies. Liam Neeson movies, CGI like creatures. I watched Avatar The Way of Water finally. <laughs> Um, and tween dramas like Outer Banks and like yeah. whenever there's like a treasure hunt show. I love that shit. That's Outer so, Banks, yeah. right? The treasure of hunt course. show you explained. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Just any tween drama. So of course I love the summer I turned pretty. They only dropped three episodes for season two, which I was like ready to devour the rest of it. Like I need more Conrad. Well, I need more I Conrad downloaded- in my life. I downloaded it for the flight and this was after we talked about it and you said, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it yet. And I said, Oh, a show finds you when it's meant to find you. I downloaded all of the season two of the bear. I fucking loved it. Though. Oh like, yeah. I, 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 I was like, so things. like, I loved it even more than the first season. And what I love is that Jeremy Allen white, the lead, he's the lead, but it's like the supporting cast has as much, if not more screen time than him. And so you know, obviously he's getting like, you know, he's so hot, blah, blah, blah. But the other cast members are cousin. Richie is so good. I want to hate it so bad. And I love it. I loved it. I thought it was so good and so excellent. The music and it is so, I mean, it's like late nineties, early aughts music that I love too. So I'm like, they're, they're playing REM. They're playing. I mean, it was just truly, I just think what an I amazing season. Good things. I yeah, I just like, really give it i need to like just sit down and dedicate time to letting myself get into it one day and i wish you i wish you loved love island because i am so into the season of love island i also know i would love that show you would you just you you totally would so this week you're coming out los angeles woo woo um and uh your grandpa's good twitter account is locked wait can we should we tweet at you to like try to get your account like how can we help with the twitter thing Oh my God. That would be honestly, you guys, my dad did that, even though my dad doesn't have a lot of followers from one of his like burner accounts. Um, so if you have an account and want to tag myself and at Twitter support for help, because who knows when they'll get back to me. Wait, you Sophie, why didn't to, you, wait, Sophie, why didn't really you, nice. Sophie, why didn't you ask me to do that? Why didn't, why aren't you asking people to do that? I mean, I mean, I've just been kind of like offline for the weekend, so I don't really care that much yet because wow. I've just been really offline spending time with my family tomorrow. I am going scorched fucking earth because tomorrow's <laughs> Monday, I mean Monday today. So for you guys, I'm going scorched earth. If anyone wants to go scorched earth with me, it would be so appreciated. It really would be, you know, I just, I think I, I need some help here, but 
If not, hopefully I'll figure it out and not have to pay a ransom. Yeah. Well, uh, let us wait. Actually, if you can just text me a quick thing of what we can all write on Twitter tomorrow, like just like a quick at SoFrost, <gasps> yeah. at Twitter support. Like let us, and we can all send a Good tweet idea. tomorrow. And in the meantime, she's on threads. So go follow her on threads. Um, yes, uh, you had I a great am. thread that I talked, I talked about your thread this week on one of the, I made with Lex Nico with, with somebody uh, you said, this is all great and all, but when can I start being an asshole again? It was something like that. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was, I don't know what it was. And I thought it was, I thought that was kind of summed up the experience is that everybody's being really nice right now. And I think it is really refreshing. Like I opened up Twitter today and I'd said, Oh, fuck you. Like two times out loud when I was reading it and threads, I have not had that angry experience yet. So it's kind Everyone's of nice. So nice on threads so far. I really hope threads like let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Because I know they said their, their users were down like 50% after that first week. So like, guys, let's get everyone back on threads. Okay. I know I got to let you go, but we got to, I forgot about this too. And uh, Caroline Calloway, we got to talk about it. So next week oh, or God. the week after, uh, cause we, cause everybody, I fucking forgot. Sophie did a whole uh, documentary about this and I got sent clips of you. I got sent and everybody said, I need Sophie's reaction. I need Sophie's reaction. I'm like, Sophie, like, like and then I, I, then I was sent a clip of us actually talking about Caroline Calloway from like a year and a half ago. So I was like, Oh shit, this is wild. But I liked her uh, book. I yeah. need you to read her book. Oh my God. I, I can't, I'm sorry. I know, I know. Well, I, we'll do this. I, and we'll I do this. fucking can't with her. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do another one and we'll, we'll really get into okay. it. Um, Caroline. It, okay. Twitter. Let's get the Twitter back and, uh, let's get Sophie to BravoCon, and, uh, we will talk to you next time. So love ya. Love ya. Thanks. Betches.